we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Prayer 103. Persi- look at somebody say persistent prayer. Yeah. Persistence. That's what we're searching for. That's what we want. We should continue to pray until we get an answer or response from God. First Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. I just busted up the charismatic movement right there. Because they tell you that if you do this, it, it represents a lack of faith. If you keep asking for the same thing, then you're not believing. You're doubting. That's not true. That's not true. Actually, the opposite of true. Amen. If, I, if, 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 if I'm asking my mama, I'm just, you, will you be my mama right quick? You know, sometimes you are. Um. <laughs> if I'm asking my mama, 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 can I go to, can, 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 can I go, can, can I go with you? Can I go with you? She said, no, you can't go with me. But mama, mama, can I go with you? She said, no, I said you can't go with me. Mama, please, please, mama, please, please, mama, can I go with you? Okay, boy, come on. Now, now, did I just show a lack of faith? I just got what I wanted. I got on her nerves until she was tired of me getting on her nerves. Amen. That's persistent prayer. That's what you do. You keep, if it's in God's will now, you keep asking. Why would you stop and you didn't get it? That's what they teach us. If you keep asking, then it's doubt. You're doubting. And, and no, you just ask and then just wait on it. Okay, well, you do that. But I, my God likes when I bother him. I just keep God because I'm showing faith. Amen. Amen. Remember, the lady wouldn't let Jesus... He, uh, uh, she, she wouldn't let Jesus off the hook. She came to him and asked him, and Jesus said, you know, I mean, what? You're not even a Jew. So I, I, I can't even deal with you, so go on. Oh, but, but Lord, but Lord, uh, I may not be a Jew, but I'm one of your children. Nah, but you, you know, just, just leave me alone. Oh, but Lord, the dogs get to eat the crumbs off the, off the plate. Can I get a crumb, Jesus? And Jesus is like, you know what? Because of her faith, because I just could, because she stayed there and I asked, I'm going to grant it. That's the example you follow. Boy, I just helped you. I could close the message. Offering time. Come on. Come on, Trent. Let's take offering and then come back to the message because this is a good one. Amen. But you keep asking. Look at somebody and say, keep asking. You never stop asking. Pray without what? Without ceasing. That means perpetually. Keep going many of us were taught that if we kept petitioning god for a specific prayer request then we lack faith however persistent prayer requires faith persistent prayer requires faith did you hear what i just said yeah it takes faith to keep asking oh i love busting up them old cows I smell barbecue. (laughs) Jesus taught his followers to keep asking, seeking, and knocking until they got a response. By following Christ's example, we welcome the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf. I love this translation of Luke 11 and 9. Now, you know, when you're doing translations in the Bible, let me help you a little bit. Some of them give very good translations and some of them aren't very accurate 
at times. So if you have the King James 16 and 11, that's the best translation. But if it's something you don't understand, then maybe you could look at the NET, the ASV. But all the rest of them, you know, I would really, you know, begin to look amplified. Sometimes it's, it's good to open it up, uh, use an expository type commentary sometimes, those kind of things in your study time, just to see what the different translations say. Sometimes it's good to see that um, outside of the King James. So don't be afraid of translations. You know what I mean? I mean, people say, oh, no, King James, don't laugh. Okay, okay, then that's for you. But I like to look at other translations, like to look at what commentators said, other men. There's somebody smarter than you. Yes, there is. Somebody is smarter than you. Yeah, Matthew Henry is smarter than most of us in here. Yes, he was. And so there are men that can open up scripture for you and show you things that you couldn't see in the text. Amen. Properly exegete the text and there are things that you can learn. So, you know, don't be totally afraid of it. And sometimes every now and then in these PDFs, I use a different translation that I trust. I'm not going to ever put a translation that that varies. I'll always put a translation that is pretty solid on what the scripture is actually saying. So Luke 11 and 9 says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. Did that scripture just open up to you? Yeah, because we read, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find. And that's where the charismania folks got, took it and said, see, he just said ask. That means just one time. He only said ask one time. No, but the proper translation of that passage is, is, is continual. Each word is perpetual. So it is keep on asking, keep on uh, looking, and keep on knocking continuously, and it will be open unto you. Does that make sense? Did that help you? I know it did. This kind of stuff really helps. We must be patient while waiting on answers from God. God will answer us according to his what? According to his word. God will answer us. John 16 and 23. And in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. In my name, he will give it to you. And I love the whole in my name, in the name of Jesus idea because that comes from kings because Jesus is our king. Amen. Amen. And so kings would make you do things in their name, which basically meant their authority. You did not have to even say their name if they were ruling at that time. If they were ruling at that time, they would come and bring a decree and they would say in the name of the king, Thus and so, thus and so. Y'all understand what I'm saying? In the name of Jesus did not mean Jesus' name per se. It meant in his authority. So when you baptize in the name of Jesus, it means I'm baptizing you in the authority of Jesus. Baptize you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Well, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but that don't say his name. What, What are you talking about? It's the authority that I'm baptizing him in. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you would come in the name of the king. That's why I tell people, you know, King James did not write the Bible. It's the King James Bible because it was ordered to be translated under his authority. 
Yeah, but that's what it was. It was under his authority. So under his authority, the translation was done. So you can't go, well, he was homosexual. It don't matter. Amen. All them kings was perverted. Now they had the power to do anything and get away with it. So because it happened under his authority, his name is on it because it's in the name of the king. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So don't go, don't go crazy with this. Uh, so you was baptizing Father Son Hogan. You got to be baptized again in Jesus' name. Really? Yeah, because they didn't save the name. Really? Okay. No, that's not what it's about. It's about the authority, under the authority, under the rule of Jesus. Can I keep preaching? Amen. So, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, in my authority, he will give it to you. Does that make sense? I love when the Bible just makes sense. Intercession versus tongues. Now, tongues has this crazy word. I mean, I mean, this crazy connotation to us now. When we hear speaking tongues, we automatically assume that is something that we don't understand. But that's wrong. We should assume that it's some that it is a true language. That's what tongues means. Language. Look at somebody say tongues means language. Tongues. With your tongue, you utter a language. Language, tongues, tongues, language. Same thing. It could say speak with an unknown language. And people are like, oh, no, that ain't holy enough. Mm -mm. It's got to be tongues. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is instrumental in praying for us, guiding our prayers, and maintaining our commitment to prayer. The intercession made by the Holy Spirit is evidenced by groanings that cannot be translated into words. The groanings are done by the Holy Ghost. And they cannot be translated into words. So this is proven to us that it is very highly unlikely that the Holy Spirit is actually interceding in another language through us. Because the Bible is specifically saying that it can't be translated into words. And a language I mean, tongues is a what? Language. And a language is comprised of what? Words. Tongues is a... And a language is comprised of... So if it's groanings that cannot be translated into... Then that's not praying in the spirit. Let's do it again. Somebody missed it. If the groanings are trans, cannot be translated into words, then you praying in an unknown language is not you praying in the spirit because, I mean, it's not the Holy Spirit praying through you because those groanings cannot be translated into words. So you're not interceding in another language. You can pray in another language when you're praying and people can understand that language. But it benefits you nothing to pray in another language and nobody understands it. Because Paul said, do I pray without an understanding? Didn't we go over that last week? No. Why would I pray without an understanding? So why would I pray in Spanish with a whole group of folks that speak English? And why would I pray in Spanish and my native language is English? And then somebody still interprets it. Then we just wasted some time when I could have just said it. 
in English. People said, well, that's God showing himself. No, not if it's a group of believers, because that whole act is not for the It's for the, what does it mean? Not for the believer, but for the unbeliever. That means when I go in a land and I need to preach the gospel and I don't speak their language, the Holy Ghost will supernaturally gift me with their language. They're unbelievers and I can get them saved by speaking their language. Two things are going to happen. One, they're going to wonder how in the world am I speaking their language and I'm not native. And the second thing, they're going to understand what I'm saying and the spirit of the Lord can draw them. And if there happen to be some people with me, that speak my language and not theirs, I'll interpret it or the Holy Ghost will use one of them to interpret what I just said so that they can be edified and see it. Does that make sense? That is so simple, but we have made tongues like the moniker to prove that we are deep and spiritual in front of other believers. And it's not for other believers at all. But intercession is made by the Holy Spirit and it's evidenced by groanings. That cannot be translated into words. Romans 8 and 26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. For we do not even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays what? 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 For us. us With groanings. So the groanings are not you. It's the Holy Spirit that cannot be expressed. In words. So if you're praying in a language, that is not the Holy Spirit praying. Unless it's supernatural tongues for those that can understand what you're saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. And see, Paul, in this, in, in, in later on in Corinthians, the whole reason he was even talking about tongues was to get the folks to prophesy. Because he was saying prophecy is for the church. The tongues is for the unbeliever. But they were all caught up in the act of tongues. Because, I mean, can you imagine? Dude, you was on fire. Man, it was aborigines and you were speaking aborigine. How did you do that? You know? So it's like, can you imagine what was happening? People getting filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking the language of the people that were around that didn't speak their native language. That had to look like the bomb. You know what I'm saying? So when people see God do that kind of stuff, oh man, I'm getting in this. I'm getting me a piece of this. And so the people were amazed. So they got caught up in it. They got caught up in it and were doing it all out of order the wrong way. So Paul said, let me set the order. First of all, I speak in tongues more than any of y'all. So I'm just letting you know that tongues ain't all that. For the body of Christ, it's about prophecy. So pray to prophesy. That way you can edify each other and the body. The tongues is for the unbeliever. It makes sense now, doesn't it? You see what I'm saying? That's why that whole passage in Corinthians was even written. Because he was trying to urge them to prophesy. You really want to do something? Prophesy. Which is basically speaking the word. Tongues is a language that is comprised of what? Tongues is a language that is what? So although tongues has a spiritual origin... When God supernaturally does it, it is uniquely different from the Holy Spirit's intercession. The word of God is clear that not all believers will speak in unknown languages. So if not all believers are going to speak in tongues or unknown languages, then how could that be the Holy Spirit's intercession? That means only some have the ability to intercede. 
Yeah. And that's the way we, we know it. We see some people as intercessory prayer people and others are not. And that's not true. Because anytime you pray for on someone else's behalf, you just intercede it. So if we're going to intercede on somebody else, pray in somebody else's behalf, then if that prayer has to be tongues, and the Bible says not all believers are going to speak in tongues, then somebody is not able to pray for somebody. The word of God is clear that not all believers are speaking tongues. So praying in the spirit does not mean that we are praying in unknown language. Write it down. You just learned that today. Praying in the spirit does not mean we are praying in an unknown language. Because if not all can do it, then something is wrong. First Corinthians 12 and 30. Paul being rhetorical. Have all the gift of healing. This is right after he said, is everybody a pastor? No. Is everyone an apostle? No. Is everyone a teacher? No. Is that, uh, have all the gift of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Supernatural power of God is able to come upon mankind and give us the ability to speak and pray in a foreign language. Sounds different when you say foreign language, doesn't it? I ain't talking about the foreign language. I'm talking about the tongues. The tongues. Yeah, the tongues are a foreign language. No, no. We're talking about the tongues of the angels. Supernatural power of God. It's able. We know this is true. And that can only be understood when they speak in a foreign language, it can only be understood by those that speak the native language and interpret it for those that do not speak the language. This can happen. Yes, it can. The Holy Ghost has the power to do it. I believe it 100%. It can happen. Have I ever done that in a foreign land? No, I always have an interpreter. I've always had one, so I've never really needed tongues to do it. Maybe I missed the mark and, and, and something happened. I don't know. I wish I could when we were in Paris. I really will. I didn't like the interpreter. I didn't want to do that. I mean, she was sweet, but it's just as hard for her to do. You can't tell my jokes. I'm like, girl, you ain't, you ain't working right. There's not enough veracity in that. They ain't laughing. So somewhere in between me and your interpretation, the joke got lost, the punchline. So, yeah, I wish I could have just went forth in another language. I prayed for it. God, give me the other language. And he didn't. But did I preach? Yes. Am I filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes. But I think we just, a, a lot of times we are at a time where, I mean, if the interpreter is there, then it's not necessary. But that's what I'm saying. It just didn't happen for whatever reason. You can say I'm not spiritual. I don't care what you think. You already know that, right? But I mean, it just didn't happen. I don't know why I don't, but it happened here. And I believe it can happen because it happened there. And I have testimonies of people overseas that do this on a daily basis. Missionaries that are over there. That is their call and they have the ability to do it. But it didn't, it didn't work for OG Craig. So I don't know. I just don't know why. May not ever, but I don't care. I'm more interested in prophesying anyway. Amen. I'm trying to speak English to the folks that's in here. However, praying or speaking in tongues and the interpretation thereof is a sign for the unbeliever. First Corinthians 14 and 22. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign. Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not. But for them, which what? Then that needs to be said. You just heard him. So why, is, why are folks going crazy over that in church? And the church is full of believers. That's what the church is. The ecclesia is a unification of believers. 
That's what church is. Church is not unbelievers. I need you to be a believer. That means we believe what is being preached. That's what the church is for. That's the ecclesia, the unified body of Christ. Believers. We're members. Not members like membership. We're members like arms, legs, hands, feet, limbs of the body. There's no prosthetic limbs on the body of Christ. <laughs> Ain't no gout foot. On the, body. <laughs> the Bible tells us to pray in the spirit. The Bible tells us to what? So if not all are going to pray in tongues or speak in another language, then how are you going to pray in the spirit? If praying in the spirit is speaking in tongues. If the Bible is telling all to pray in the spirit, but all will not speak in tongues, then praying in the spirit cannot be speaking in tongues. I'm going to say that one more time because somebody just got, like Ovo said, they got magnesia. They don't remember well. (laughs) If Paul taught us that all will not speak in another language or foreign language. If all are not going to speak in tongues, but he tells all to pray in the spirit, then praying in the spirit cannot be speaking in tongues. Process of elimination. Cannot. So we already know. So have I, have I gotten that point that praying when the Bible says praying in the spirit, it don't mean you go forth in tongues. Can, 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 can we, can we, everybody, can we settle on that? Have I proven that with scripture? We must be sensitive to the presence and guidance of the Holy Spirit and pray as the Spirit leads us. Ephesians 6 and 18, you don't believe me? Let's read the scripture. He says, praying always, talking to us as believers. Praying what? With all what? And what? Where? How can you pray always with all prayer in the Spirit? If all are not going to speak in tongues and praying in the spirit is speaking in tongues. Watching there unto all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. I'm just proving the point to you because I've, I've, I've had people want to argue this. That praying in the spirit means speaking in tongues. They get up and get the mic. Okay, now let's all just go forth and praying in the spirit. And everybody, do you know that's the opposite of what Paul said do? Paul said don't do that. He specifically said, don't do that. That's like Ash Wednesday in Catholicism where they put the ash on you to show you that they fasted. The Bible said, don't mark your face when you fasted. Catholics are, oh, the Bible said, don't do it. (laughs) Just because I'm Catholic and I do everything opposite of what Christ said because we're anti-Christ. And that's what the church is doing. Let's just go forth in another language. Come on, just go forth. And then you just hear, hey... Are we believers in here? Then why is everybody going forth in another language? Let's go forth in English. Matter of fact, let's don't even do it in here. Let's do it at home. Let's go forth walking like Jesus wants us to walk. Let's do that. Everybody just go forth and live saved and holy. Nah, I don't want to do that. Let's just go back to the tongues. That's tongues. Let's do the tongues. Let's everybody just stop talking about people. Gossiping and back 
biting busybody. Let's do that. Let's, let's let the anointing come in and all that start happening. No, we better stick with the tongues. Because <laughs> the tongues, make, it makes people feel spiritual and everybody in there don't understand it. Paul said, don't do that. The words of God are what? Spirit. Essentially, we pray in the spirit by praying the words. See, this is, I, 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 this is just so simple. It's just, if the words are spirit, then how you pray in the spirit? If the words of God are spirit, then how do you pray in the spirit? Praying the words of God. Why do people want to make this so complicated? Because it, it gives man a vice. It, make, it puts man in it. So man can look a part of it. Or so we can look some kind of way in the eyes of others. When it's really not that complicated. Open the Bible. Read the words and pray the words. And you are praying in the what? The Spirit of God will lead us to pray various prayers and requests. But they are all derived from one source. His word. Don't believe me? John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. And the flesh profited what? The words that I speak unto you. Praying in the spirit is an instruction or mandate. For us to allow the Holy Spirit to lead our prayers and intercede on our behalf. It is not a reference to the language that we speak during our prayer time. Jude 1 and 20. But ye beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Doing what? How do you build yourself up on your most holy faith? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Not another language. Summary. All believers should pray in the spirit. The Holy Spirit connects us with connects with our human spirit in order to lead and guide us so that we can pray effectively rather than uttering carnal desires and vain repetitions. So without the Holy Ghost, basically your prayers are going to be terrible. Lord, I need I need that rent. God, what's up? <laughs> I need that rent, Jesus. I need two hundred dollars. I, 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 God, you know it's coming up. The rent. Oh, what is that knocking at the door? Oh, he's knocking at the door. God, I need my money. That's a dumb prayer. You need to be calling your daddy and asking him for that. Your earthly father, your mama. Hey, man, asking God for two hundred dollars for the rent. Just like, well, remember that time I, I I moved up on your heart to give an offering, and you didn't. That's what the Holy Ghost do sometimes. Mm-hmm. See? Should listen. Should have been obedient. Amen. Don't try to. Just because the tow truck is outside with the diesel engine, your prayers become more fervent. Praying in all languages. Praying with Rosetta Stone CD playing in your ears. <laughs> Gotta pull out the Rosetta Stone. Because I need this prayer to go forth. It's about to take my car. But the Holy Spirit connects with our human spirit so we can pray effectively rather than uttering carnal desires and vain repetitions. Praying and vain repetitions are basically repetitions based on vanity. 
which is based on superfluity, you're what you need. Praying the word of God is effective, but sometimes we need to be directed to pray specific passages. At other times, we must rely on the intercession of the Holy Ghost because we do not know what to pray. Regardless of the scenario, God wants to communicate with us and involve us in kingdom work. By praying in the spirit, he can lead us in prayer and direct us to accomplish his work in the earth. It is so important for us to always pray in the spirit. Jesus stated that whatever is bound on earth is what? Jesus taught that God's will in heaven should be performed where? In the earth. Our prayers activate the will of God where? In the earth. Moreover, spiritual prayer is the catalyst by which heaven is manifested where? On earth. Let us be careful to always pray in the spirit. Why? Because when we pray in the spirit, we're speaking words that are spirit. And the words that are spirit say, thy kingdom come, thy what? Where? Where? That's praying in the spirit. You just prayed in the spirit. Because you prayed words or you spoke words that are spirit. Matthew 18 and 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Did this message help you? Amen. And let me tell you something. Before God told me and showed me, I didn't know either. I grew up thinking one thing, and as I began to search the scriptures for answers, I got them. I'm only able to teach you what I have learned. You know what that means? That means that before I learned it, I didn't know it. So don't get offended because you've been praying a certain way. Like I said, any one of us in here can go off on tongues. Now, are they tongues from the Holy Ghost, or are are they tongues from another source? Most of the time, they're tongues from another source. Most of the time, they're tongues that you're mimicking that you just heard somebody say. Sometimes it's just jibber-jabber, whatever it is. I don't, I don't care. I'm not getting in your business like that because, I'm, like I said, we can all do it. It's not a question of that. I've watched yoga instructors cause everybody to speak in tongues. I've seen it. You know, Kundalini does that. I mean, all kinds of sources can give you languages, and they can feel very real. Your tongue can warm up, your spine warms up, your chakras begin to warm up, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that stuff is real. What we talked about in Thieves and Temple, it's real. And some ministers have the gift to be able to do that to the crowd. They ain't nothing but glorified yoga instructors. Yeah, and they can, they can, they can bring the snake spirit in there. They can lay hands on you. Amen. Out of order. Laying hands, touching you. Shakti, Pat, all those things. And they can, it can bring tongues. All of that stuff. So you got to be very careful with this. That's why Paul was saying, look, won't you just prophesy? In other words, he was saying tongues is no great feat. But prophecy is because prophecy means we know where true prophecy is coming from because it's going to line up with scripture. Does that make sense? Yeah, true prophecy is going to line up with scripture. Now, if you consider prophecy, them bringing Brian Coyne in and he, uh, the, your check number 457, pull that up. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just pull that one. <laughs> that's not prophecy, that's magic. 
I want to see a sideshow. I want to see, I mean, if you prophesy, then tell me what thus saith the Lord and let it line up with the scripture. You're telling me something that's, well, now, now, what? The, the, my prophecies, they're not in the Bible. Then you need to, I don't want to hear what you're saying. Because I can easily just get the Bible. Amen. That's what prophecy is. Prophecy, that, that's what prophecy. Now, sometimes there's forethought, and I can tell you some things that may happen later, but they're still going to be based on scripture. Hey man, we told you stuff in part one of Truth on Hip Hop, two, three, four. Now all of it's happening. That was prophetic. That was forethought, but it was all laced with scripture because the Bible said it was going to happen anyway. Whether I showed you a picture of the Wu-Tang Clan or not. You knew that perilous times was going to come. Men were going to become lovers of themselves. Proud, boastful. That's scripture. So Wu-Tang and Red Man lined up with scripture. So whether you see the truth behind hip-hop or you're not privileged to see it and you just read the scripture, you know what's coming. That's prophecy. So I'm not caught up in the... I'm not, I don't need to see angel feathers. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see no angel wing feathers, gold teeth growing in your mouth. You got a feeling from Jesus, Really? Really, he a uh, feeling from Jesus. Jesus can't fix the tooth he made. Right. <laughs> made a whole body out of sand, organs, and hair from, from nothing. I mean, made just like a planet, just planets, just quantum physics. Jesus knows quantum physics. But he got to use gold to repair your tooth. <laughs> Can't fix it. Just feel it. <laughs> it's just, just insanity. Do you know how insane that is? You had a revival. Oh, no. Ow, ow. <laughs> What's happening to it? God is doing his work. When I come, when I come running revival, just cavities, cavities gonna be filled. God is gonna do the gold teeth when I come. Yeah, one lady, oh, see this bookmark in my Bible? And pulled out a big old feather. You know that she done tore off one of those pins. Yeah, this fell from the sky. It's cause somebody upstairs dropped it. <laughs> it was an angel wing feather. And she used it as her bookmark. I had one preacher. Okay, I mean, after he finished preaching, I, he obviously went in the back and had some glitter. And while wasn't nobody looking, y'all, everybody just close your eyes. Don't open your eyes. Don't open your eyes. God is about to do something. If you open your eyes, you're gonna, it's not going to happen. Everybody close your eyes. <laughs> gold dust. Y'all see the gold dust? And he, had, he was cut like, like the ice capades. He was covered with glitter. And that was gold dust. Okay. okay, we know God can do anything, but sometimes you need to ask the question, what is gold? If God can sprinkle gold dust, can he drop a couple of bullions in the back of my Jeep? 
Lord, I don't need the dust. Can you drop a brick or two over there by the keyboards? I need a brick, Lord, a brick. Could you use a brick, Eddie? Brick. I need a. I don't need it in my mouth. God, I don't need an ounce. Can I get a pound? I'll fix my own teeth. Can we work out a deal, Lord? What does that have to do with? So, yeah, we're not going to get caught up in that stuff. Can God do supernatural things? Yeah. But is your problem your bad decisions? Then what we need supernatural activity for? We don't need paranormal magic activity. All you got to do is just make good decisions. Stop doing dumb stuff. Make some good decisions. Amen. We come in here and worship God. You can go make good decisions. Amen. We don't need your teeth. Hey, quit eating all that candy. Why don't God even have to fix your tooth? Brush your teeth before you go to bed. I mean, it's just some things. Gold dust. Why do you even want that on you, man? <laughs> we ain't shooting a video in here. You don't need glitter. I mean, we don't need these things. Angel wings and all. We don't need that. Jesus Christ himself said, blessed are they that have not what? And he said, a wicked and an adulterous generation seeketh after what? A sign. What you need a sign for? Don't you have faith to just believe? Because if you don't have faith to believe, you don't have faith for anything to happen. So the preacher got to rig a smoke machine and produce a glory cloud before you believe. Whoa, y'all, it's getting dark. Y'all feel that? You know, Benny Hinn and those guys, they hook up machines and have all that junk blowing. They got this stuff from Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock was doing that way back in the 70s in his concert. So Kathleen Kuhlman and all of those uh, so-called uh, miracle workers or whatever, they started using all of that stuff in their, in their meetings. Faking people out. Directing the air conditioning different things. Blowing different things out to make people think they're feeling something. No, we're not doing that in here at ABC. We're going to come make some music. We're going to sing and give God the praise. And then we're going to leave here and make what? Good decisions. Good decisions. Then we don't need magic. Now, I'm, trust me, I am not discounting the power. I've seen I didn't, demons cast it out. seen folks levitate. I've seen objects move. Saw a pulpit crack right down the half, right in half. We walked in the church the next morning. Things sitting on both sides. Something just split it directly in half. It was a demon that manifested in the church and split it. All apostles, all prophets, all that happened to me because of what I have to do. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But you, all you got to do is just make some good decisions. Oh, but I want that. I want that. Okay, you can have mine. Because I don't want it. You think I wanted to see that? Yeah, that stuff happens. I've seen it. Especially when you go overseas, Brother Trent, you better tell them. What did we see? <laughs> we saw more demons than I think ever in one place. I've seen all that. When I did part six in um, Canada, we had 2,000 people on the altar manifesting demons all at the same time. I've seen it. I, I believe it. I know it's true. But I'm not looking for it to happen. Don't need it. 
let the unbelievers need to see it. I don't have to see it. I believe in him. God never had to show me. I believe him. I believe the word. How many of you believe the word? You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.